0: What's up guys? I'm glad you're here. My name is Drake and you're listening to the Double Click Podcast by Holy Hill Media. All right, so today I'm joined with Drew Kleinhen, Silversmith Botanical Dyer entrepreneur. She is a co-owner of Silver and Vine and the sole owner of Drew Kleinhen Design Studio, graduated with a fine arts degree from Kent State University. On boards, on boards, on boards, a uh, new festival coming, and she is the uh, steering committee member for that. Super excited for this conversation, Drew. I have to know, where did you find your love for this amazing work that you do? When did it start?
1: Well, first off, thank you for having me. Of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so where I first got my love, is that what you asked? Yeah. Where, where was the?
0: Where was that moment? Was Was there a moment? Or was it a progression? For just
1: art in general? Yeah, sure. Okay, so I mean, I've always loved art. My mom is my biggest inspiration when it comes to art. She has been, she just let us play with everything. What's your it, mom's name? Michelle. Michelle, okay. Yeah, Michelle, and she got that same kind of mentality from her grandma. My great-grandma was a porcelain artist. Oh, like, cool. Written, like, well-known, I guess, in our area, but she unfortunately passed before I was able to meet her. But, yeah, that's kind of where it started. So the love of art has kind of spread throughout my family. Um, my mom's been a floral designer for, flower, like, florist for almost 50 years. Oh, wow. So um, That's awesome. Yeah, just being able to see her work her magic and just be creative basically every day of her life is inspiring. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Absolutely. Loved it in school, high school. I basically lived in the art room. Yeah. They kind of let me do whatever I wanted because they knew that it was like, that's what I wanted to do. Um, My ceramic artist, Brandon Knott, one of the most incredible humans. And Matt Neff too. I love Matt Neff too. Both of those guys. Um, So they kind of, you know, shaped me into the little artist. So yeah, ceramic artists, like I said, Brandon, he kind of let me do my own thing. They just
0: Is that the first like medium that you kind of fell in love with? Was this ceramics? Yeah, because I
1: mean, I liked drawing, I guess. I mean, I wasn't that great at it. It wasn't like my big drive there, but I really love tactile art. Okay. I'm just very much with my hands. Absolutely. And I wasn't really like a wheel thrower. I kind of felt like that was too process based. I don't know kind of
0: is the pottery, yeah, so type that's stuff. where you're just right. like
1: I kind of was like, okay, I get it, you can make a bowl, but this I wanted to make I want to make large scale yeah, things yeah, yeah. and it's like it, you couldn't really do that. I mean, you could, but it wasn't the same kind of stuff right so um, I did coil pots and I mean massive I made a lighthouse that was probably as tall as the table and it was a coil pot so that was the thing i feel like they were like drew is this gonna like explode in the kiln what's the difference with a a coil pot a coil pot they're usually on the thicker side okay so you're like actually creating these long coils and then you're building it up okay so it takes a lot longer but yeah the chances of it breaking are pretty and pretty high and i loved (laughs) it. it i loved it yeah so that was kind of like my main thing there and I, again, I just love that they let me just like rock my own path. Yeah, I thought that was really cool of them. And
0: how important is that though in a developing artist? How important? Yeah, is it to, like, it's it's the, everything. Pull the it's, reins off, like be you.
1: They like they understood that I liked it, and they understood like exactly what was. I don't. Yeah, they just knew that that was. The way to go yeah
0: yeah yeah they kind of just trusted that if they gave you your space you would find that and develop yeah and
1: they, and I wasn't like I was like not doing my work so I feel like if right. if I was one of those kids who was just like not getting my work done they probably wouldn't have done that but me True. I was I was very interested it wasn't work for me I was just I was in it yeah. so yeah they kind of just let me do my own thing
0: so you were a student though like you enjoyed being the student of art Not necessarily just a practitioner, that student part, yeah,
1: that was cool.
0: How how much do you think that affected you as a professional today? Being like, you know, enjoying that student part of it because that's different,
1: yeah. I mean, again, I like, yeah, it was great. I feel like, um, I also like getting like feedback and stuff and being able to like learn new techniques, which is just you know, you gotta have that, yeah, for sure, Yeah. yeah, absolutely,
0: and then. Growing up, though, I listen. Before yeah. this, we were talking about all these amazing <laughs> stories. Before should
1: I had that recording? I know,
0: I know, I know. The video, we got the video. Oh, of okay, it. cool. But you, you were talking about just like your older sister telling you the trees were alive <laughs> and like <laughs> living in the country and yeah. you know, not even really playing, not being allowed to play video games. All these things. Oh, we that, weren't.
1: We weren't. Al- not like we weren't allowed. Oh, okay. We just like we just didn't have them. Like that was just like not our thing. And I feel like two girls too it wasn't like our bag so um
0: shout out Austin Powers (laughs) slide that in there really quick (laughs) I'm sorry I just called you out like that I'm so sorry I'm so sorry
1: I actually just watched that the other day
0: (laughs) I love those movies I absolutely love them
1: uh but yeah where were we at again (laughs) yeah (laughs) Austin Powers kind of just took his daughter
0: No, but before we started, you were just, it it was so interesting to to get the context of how you grew up, your imagination, your sister, like.
1: Well, I mean, like I was telling you before, I feel like we were just a little like feral kids. It was living in the country, so for us, it was kind of like we brought the fun, like we had to have the imagination to make it happen, so, and it was just her and I for like Ever. So it was just us playing and ha- like her having her like imagination and just kind of spawning from there. That's so,
0: amazing.
1: Yeah, we would actually, um, my grandma has a pond and we would go down to get the mud and like the clay down there. And then we would make clay pots <laughs> and then like sit them out there, to like sit them on this um, ledge and let them bake there. And then we'd take them and paint them. I still have one. That is
0: amazing. You have one still? I still
1: have one. And then I painted it with like pink glitter. (laughs) I think (laughs) that's what saved it. I think that's why it's still around. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I guess that would have been my first pot that I ever made. I was probably like five years old. And you have it? I still have it, yeah.
0: Girl, you gotta put that on display (laughs) somewhere. Come on. We need to just place a picture in this video. <laughs> so that's interesting to me because you yeah. know when somebody is really talented in their in their in their uh, in their industry, in their skill set, in their career path, and I'm always curious to figure out how how did they one come to a passion and to get to a place where they can be fully aware as an artist. It's so important to be self aware.
1: Well, and I also think it's really important to start young. Yeah. I feel like as kid, they always say kids are artists. Every kid's an artist. So it's to be able to let that kid experience all of the kinds of art. Or, yeah. you know, let them just do their thing. Yeah. And see if they like... You don't have to direct them. You can just... That's what... There's that whole... Um, I don't know the name of it where it's like... You don't actually lead the kid. You oh, just the give. monastery. Yeah, yeah. You just yeah. give them the supplies and then they kind of figure it out. Or, you know, they it's their creation then. So you've stopped getting in their way. Yeah. You let them just be creative. And that's what my mom did. That's That's what she did. She just was kind of, it was kind of like, yeah, do your.
0: Big shout out, Michelle. God, she's she's my
1: soulmate. So that's
0: incredible. (laughs) And then, and then, you know, fast forward, you find yourself at Kent state. How did, how did that come about? How did you choose Kent state? Bachelor of fine arts.
1: Like I had told you before. So my sister was three years ahead of me in school. So like we had, you know, time in high school, and then she was going off to Kent State, and I was, like, not really that interested in college. I was just kind of, like, lukewarm about it, because I knew I wanted to be an artist, but then I was, like, I didn't know what kind of art I wanted to do. I felt like I'd done the ceramic thing. I'd figured it out, and I was, like, I don't really know how much more I wanted to pursue it, so, yeah, she was there, and then I was, like, okay, let's kind of see what other programs they have there, just because I really liked their campus. I thought, I it was like a really cool space
0: oh she was going there before yeah okay, she was going okay. there so she like
1: went to Kent State for fashion design and then I saw that they had a metal smithing program and I am I have been a sucker for jewelry for silver like silver jewelry since forever and um you know you'd always just buy the cheaper end stuff just because I'm like a broke 16 year old yeah. you like know like I them. want yeah. this but I'm like I don't have the money for it so um yeah I went to Kent State and they had a metal smithing, smithing program. Didn't even know that was a thing. Didn't know you could like go to college for that. I fell in love with it. I found out that there was fire involved and it was just like this it felt very primitive almost like like
0: <laughs> a little pyro you. <laughs> I I
1: know. I know when I say that to people they're just like okay. No, I feel
0: it. I feel it.
1: 100%. But yeah, it just I don't know. It was just like a different, it's the same with ceramics. I feel like it's very like earth-driven. You don't have to have many supplies, you know. You can tell that this is an old art. Yeah. The same with, like metallurgy and metal smithing. It's like that's like you know people yeah. are doing blacksmithing and all that kind of stuff. But, it's
0: but you feel there's something there with that though. The the tradition, the tradition. history, the yeah. primitive. Absolutely, go, go there for a second. Uh,
1: yeah, I guess I've never even thought about, about it. it. I guess I never even thought about it. I'm like. Very earth driven, I guess, where it's just taking what you have, or just there's something about like where you're located in the world and using Those what's resources. around you. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I fell in love with that. So with an art degree, with um, the metal smithing, you do more of the art side. So it's more of like concept based instead of um, like the jewelry that I make now. Right. But yeah, it was really incredible to do that and. You also had plenty of other you did tons of other art classes. So it's like I was doing glass blowing, I was doing more ceramics, I was oh, wow. doing textile art, you're doing new drawings. Like you're you yeah. just you're doing all of the like figure drawings and everything like that. So you've just it's a well-rounded BFA. So yeah, it's just a well-rounded um college experience I guess
0: do you did you like at any point in time like really niche into the the um the metalsmith type stuff or was it kind of like I you you took a, all different you were working with all different mediums throughout all four years
1: so um yeah I had a it was a specific um what is that called where it's like because it was
0: general elective type classes or
1: well like my metal smithing classes i did two of those every semester so you had to because that's what i like graduated with metal smithing like jewelry and metals is my like actual like what's not even like
0: subtitle on your degree yeah like what is that
1: called i don't even i can't even think of the name of it but your focus or focus yeah there 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 we go. go so i think there was maybe 12 of us were in most of my classes and then only two of us graduated so it was like they were still making they were still going through their process of like getting their degree so only two of us at a time were basically graduating so it's a very very small section of Kent State yeah so yeah not many people know about
0: it. interesting how'd you like Kent State because I've visited (gasps) Kent State to party a few times (laughs) <laughs>
1: That's why you go, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I did get
1: tear gassed once. It's okay. You got tear
0: gassed, yeah, dude. Riot. Were you part of like a big crowd? Well, that okay,
1: was... they don't have it anymore. But it used to be. Here we go. Um, I know.
0: <laughs> Come on. Take side. it quick.
1: <laughs> but they used to have. Um, it was. Oh my gosh, Kent Fest or what was it called? No, it was College Fest. Sorry, it's been a minute. It was called College Fest, and. Yeah, you'd party all day, and then the riot um, the riot squad, you know, the, they would come in at, like, 5 p.m. and just tear gas you out.
0: Wow. They don't even <laughs> ask questions anymore. They just have, they're tired of it. It was just it. a
1: line of them, and they would just, like, take gassy. you out.
0: Oh, my God. How did that feel?
1: Oh, man, it was it was wild. Cause, Cause you, I mean, yeah. you're
0: probably also... <laughs> <laughs> inebriated, so it's like you've been drinking since yeah. 8
1: a.m. So, yeah, it's kind of like a long day,
0: Penn <laughs> State, y'all.
1: Yeah, sorry, they don't do it anymore. They got rid of College Street, so you know, they they knew they learned their lesson. We cut were,
0: the tear gas budget, did yeah. The, they're
1: like, let's not get the SWAT team <laughs> in here, it's pretty expensive.
0: That's wild, man.
1: <laughs> wow, we went way I know, right? <laughs> this is
0: why I love podcasts. <laughs> and they're just like, where they go, they go, you know?
1: So back to, what were we talking Kent about? Kent well, State. Well, just the idea yeah, of Kent, Kent State. Yeah, Kent State. I just, um, I love that it has a lot of history, too. I mean, it's, I like that it's three hours away. I like that you're kind of getting, not many people from this area went to Kent State. No. So I would have people from, a lot of them were like Clevelanders right. that were in there. And then people from like Pittsburgh and stuff. So it was more of like that side. It wasn't really anybody from this area. Back West. So okay. Word. It was kind of nice to, um, experience the college, like kind of, kind of just, you're away from what you know.
0: Yeah. yeah. And which who was really
1: know. cool. Yeah. I got to like forge my own path there and yeah, I loved it.
0: Yeah. You know, a lot of people went to BG mm-hmm. and they didn't necessarily have, uh, the same college experience because you see everybody that yeah. you went to. Like, or everybody. It went from
1: high school and then you guys all just <laughs> went to Bowling Green. Exactly. I'm not, not hating, but just yeah. all the
0: surrounding kids yeah. just went to the same school and it was BG.
1: It's like you never got to, like I wanted to have where anywhere I would walk, like I wouldn't know anybody. It kind of just, I knew that in some way it would help me in like getting to the next spot if I wanted to move somewhere else where it's like, that's going to exist. I'm going to have to do this. I mean, I had my sister there, but it was like, she was a senior. She was doing her own thing. Right. She wasn't She's an She's too cool
0: for you, froshy. Well, she was very, very, very busy.
1: So, yeah, we were just totally opposite to the ends yeah. of the spectrum there.
0: So, Which you were aware of that in school, like where that you needed to make friends, to network, to, to get to the next place. You were aware of that consciously? like.
1: Well, I, I guess maybe not consciously, but I feel like I... I didn't know anybody. I only knew one other person in my graduating class that was going to Kent State. Wow. So I feel like for me, it was like I didn't have a fail-safe there. It was like, yeah, and my sister, but... Figure it out. It's Yeah, she's not going to be in my freshman courses with right,
0: me. Right, right. So... But that was... That's interesting, though, because I wonder how that ended up, and we don't have to dive into that completely quite yet, but I wonder how that affected your... I guess your propensity for art or even starting your own businesses and things like that. Just because I know so much of uh, the personality type for entrepreneurship ends up deriving from those early developing years in, you know, 17 to 22, 23, 24, yeah, 25. totally. And I wonder how that affected that, but we'll dive into it later. <laughs> Liz er. So fast yeah. forwarding from Kent State, yeah. though, DK Design, and stu- that studio mm-hmm. was how long after you graduated? Walk us through, like, post-college now.
1: Uh, okay, graduated in 2014, okay. and then I stayed around here for just, like, a couple months, and then I moved to Nashville. Nashville, Tennessee, so I moved there... Yeah, I graduated in May, and then I think I moved to Nashville in November. Okay. Moved down there and just, you know, change of pace. Totally different change of pace.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Quite the opposite.
1: Yeah, and I guess I felt like it wasn't, it was kind of like an extended summer when I was here, and then I was, like, ready to go back to to do something, so it was kind of, like, just that next step for me. Yeah. Moved there kind of just like work some odd jobs for a while. And then I was like, all right, I really want to get back to my art. I, I just want to get into jewelry and like actually see how this all pans out, you know? So it was on Craigslist of Let's all go. places, <laughs> like, bless Craigslist, honestly. Um, it's not even, I feel like if you're in a city, you understand how good Craigslist is for, for certain sure. things. But like here, I'm like, I don't understand it. No, here. it's not even, it doesn't, even and
0: stuff but it, doesn't,
1: <laughs> it doesn't exist the same. But somebody who posted, one of my then future bosses, he had posted that he wanted like somebody to work for him just for a couple hours in jewelry. Yeah, started working for him for a little bit, and then that spawned into finding another one on Craigslist. Let's go. Uh, Yeah, I got two jobs that way, and then so it kind of just spawned from there, and both of them were um, like wholesale brands. Okay. So I knew that just like to see how you could make a creative business and do it wholesale wise, so like how to actually create a business. Right. And then after that, like I said, I got another job, but that was through... One of the previous that I already had, um, she was friends with another owner of another business. This is still Nashville, though, right? Still Nashville. Okay. So at this point, I'm working three wholesale brand jobs. Okay. So because they're all part-time. So it's kind of like you had to work your yeah. way up because they're small brands. Yeah. I mean, like I said, one of them, Lock and Key, that's like Tony, his, he... I was his first employee. So I got to like see (laughs) that aspect and yeah, it was cool to just be able to develop concepts with him and designs and kind of work out structuring a business. It was cool to do it that way. And then, um, freshie and zero was the next one and she'd been in business, still is in business at that point for 10 years. So I got to see what 10 years down the line was. Mm. And so she was doing huge wholesale brands. I don't know if you know Uncommon Goods.
0: Oh, that name sounds familiar. Uncommon Goods. Okay, so it's
1: this, I think it started out as just like this little magazine at first, and you could buy um, people's artwork there. So it's just like, I guess, Uncommon Goods. But they buy directly from the artists, and then they buy in bulk, from these artists
0: interesting and then
1: they ship it out so it's a drop ship situation so they kind of the uh, yeah
0: okay yeah. Cool.
1: so um we would have to make hundreds of pieces for that and just wholesale things anyway so it's just really cool that we were you know i was like i could have made that you know <laughs> just interesting to see and i mean i'm just like excited for them because then i'm It's, like, it could have been a piece that I made, but it was, like, to support this other, like, woman's business is so cool. And then Christina was the last one, and she is a huge mentor for me. Okay. And her, like, studio manager, Mary Ellen, literally salt of the earth. Sweetest human being on this planet. They just, they, like, took me in, took me under their wing, just showed me how to do a lot of things. And... Yeah, like I did my first wholesale show with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so Christina had um, shipped me out to New York and I was helping her like selling her wholesale brand at like the Javits Center, which is this huge wholesale wow, like space. So I don't it was just crazy to see how that all worked out
0: interesting so yeah. while you were going from these three that I heard yeah. you say mm-hmm. different businesses helping out getting a few hours here a few hours there were you did you have another job at the time what was that life in Nashville were, no so I was
1: I was at that point working three of them so I'd kind of oh, like split okay. my week yeah so I would kind of start my week at one split the other half of the week and then my other one I would be able to do it from home. Oh cool. So it was like it was great. I was again able to use my degree yeah. and be able to I don't know just see how it all kind of worked and I again I didn't even I think about it now as how that had helped me create my business, but me I was just like excited to be able to have a job yeah. in something so so niche you yeah, know yeah. I feel like jewelry is just such a such a small little piece that it's you know kind of crazy that I was able to do three so jobs I was gonna say it. then you are with three yeah. different <laughs> opportunities at one yeah. time
0: which if I must say it's pretty true to character for you to be doing three of those and then fast forward I I'm am, like, girl it's the same thing today <laughs> there's
1: something with threes for me is all I'm gonna say
0: yes so yeah. okay so you know you just kind of made the connection with that experience into the, the businesses you have now um you know dk uh design has been around for 5 6 years now you said yeah
1: the 28th of april i just we just celebrated our 5th year amazing i haven't in life i haven't posted anything about <laughs> it but
0: that's kind of one you should have celebrated I know, Come on, i now.
1: know i know but you had
0: a lot going on you've got a baby you have another location another business to yeah. worry about you know yeah. okay i get that so okay, so that design studio which I've been to, I love it. Thank, you, think, yes, thank you. Yes, yes. Uh, Lexi and I have gotten multiple pieces. Yes, from you
1: guys are the sweetest. Thank you. You, you guys come show up. I appreciate you <laughs> sho- so much. We definitely show up. Of course,
0: yes. we get it. You know, we get it, and yeah. we we love your art. And I think you know one of the things that really stood out to me about uh, the DK Design Studio that you have is just how the you have a style that you stay true to despite so many people giving you your opinions and suggestions and custom needs yeah. <laughs> and you have this style that is consistent and it's really cool because every time I see a piece of yours around, whether you know we're in Brian defiance, anywhere, I know it's your piece. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah. And it's cool. And then people, some of the stuff that we've worn, it's people have noticed uh, drew, right? Yep. This is true. Isn't piece. it weird? It's insane. I think it's so cool though. And
1: but I never, I never see it. Like really? everyone else sees it, and they always have that experience. Yeah, but yeah. I, ne- meaning, like I never have someone be like, "Oh, is that a droop?" Because it's me. You know, they're not yeah, gonna-
0: <laughs> exactly. I do
1: Yeah, it's kind of crazy.
0: So I think one of the cool parts too that I, I really, I guess, experienced by going into the physical location that you had was when we got there. I can, I could see two different parts of you. It was the creative and then there was like the the cre- like the the style and then the creator right so cuz you have w- so where important. you work yes it's well cuz so where you work is also where you sell and it, it was just so easy to tell that you can you have a passion about the process mm-hmm. and the product mm-hmm. and like to me i think that's probably why like people take to your your pieces so much It's because of the the attention to detail, of course, and the style, of course. But there's something about being in that studio and seeing the final piece, but also seeing you soldering something in the back corner. Yeah, and it's it's cool because you know when I was there and I got my necklace because a lot of your pieces are for women, but I'm still like, how can I I make this work? Trying,
1: buddy. I'm trying.
0: (laughs) I've been annoying you for like two years. Like, hey. Two years now. Hey, any guy stuff coming out? Like, not yet. We're working on it. I, I you know. know, I know, I know. But I know in all time. But I still, I get that, 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 the blue, the turquoise necklace that I have. I got there. I came in and you sized it on the spot, soldered it on the spot. Perfect to, custom to where I wanted it to lay. And it was just so cool being able to walk out with that final piece after seeing part of that process. Yeah. And I think that's so cool huge opportunity for vlogging not that you have any time to do so but I know it's, I know I
1: my brain is always reeling about those things it's like yeah. all the the things that I could be doing in that aspect for sure I would love to do that yeah love to yeah
0: maybe we can do a little mini doc on the process and stuff that'd be fun that'd be so Fun.
1: just I it is so important to me and I I know when I started that was a very big part I just I love seeing where To me, it's almost more important to know where the creator is creating their work because it says so much about them. Mm. It says, like, the things that they have on their walls, what they have around them, kind of like their, just their environment says just as much about their work as, like, their pieces. Um, And I kind of wanted to have that same experience for a lot of people also because I want you to know that this is, I've I've made this, like, this is where it's at. Yeah. I didn't find these parts. I made these parts. I want you to know that it's, I mean, I clean it to a certain point, but it's like, it's metal. It's a dirty right. process. Right. You should know that that's, um, that's part of it.
0: Yeah. Which adds to authenticity, right? Yeah, absolutely. And seeing the pieces, again, you appreciate the piece a little bit more cause you, you're near where they're, they're, they're reversed. home, their birth. They're, yes. <laughs> yes. And. I think it's cool, too, because you just you just you said something kind of quickly that I want to kind of go back to. But the environment, the workstation says so much about the artist. And I think it's so cool because the quirks are there. Right. It's the small things that end up coming from. Being in this industry for nearing ten years now, where you have the quirks, you have the shortcuts, you have your style, you have your way of going about it, and you could see that in your station. Like yeah. you do have little pieces and little different art than you see in the rest of the of your studio. Yeah, you have that in your workstation, which I think was really cool mm-hmm. because that's you, right? Mm-hmm. And you're creating an environment for you to be able to create inspired, right?
1: Yeah, because it's not always about putting your art like artists don't usually put their art around them. It's other people's art that inspires them because I mean, we're around our own art enough. (laughs) It's already like logged in our brain forever. So it's just being able to have, you know, other people's art. And nature is a huge thing for me too. Yeah. Having my um, studio door open and just being surrounded by, that's my family's land. So yeah. like for me that's super like super important. I just feel very like humbled in that environment yeah. and grateful that I'm I'm there. Yeah. it's a you ground know? it's
0: a very grounded environment it feels like, like and you know I, I'm, I guess I'm ancestral for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. It, it, is. it goes back and the the cool thing about that is, you know, there's so many pieces that like of your story, like prior, you know, I, knowing you, but also like before this, we we hit record on this podcast. You kind of told me that I'm just connecting a ton of dots, and then also looking at the studio that Silver and Vine is in, which I want you to get into here in a second. Yeah. <laughs> that location was where it's monumental,
1: you're, yeah. Yes,
0: and we'll we'll get into that. I don't want to ruin that, but yeah. really quick with DK Design, that's that studio specifically. I, I want to know a little bit more about what it means to you behind the the, that first layer, what everybody else knows, because it it does run deep, and I can see it it light up when you talk about it.
1: So deep, yeah, like kind of brings me like tears. It's so much, so like so powerful. So that um, location, that farmhouse, that that is the Kleinhand Farm. So that is my grandparents. Homestead, so that is where my dad and all of my aunts and uncles were born and raised there. Amazing. So all of those barns have just like life, so much life yeah. in it. And and I was unfortunately not able to meet a couple of my uncles. So there's just so much there that I get like a lot of empowerment, I guess, yeah. from that. Especially with my grandpa, my grandma, and then actually the floor it was poured. In 1992 when I was born. And it says, like, 92 on (laughs) it. That's awesome. It's super cool. So, um, and that actually used to be the space where my family would put their, like, seed. So it's just, like, it was used for generations before. And... I don't know, like the, the woods that are out there that used to have sheep at one time. I, don't, cool. I just yeah. got like so
0: much going on. But well, and so much of that property, you know, talking prior to this, so much of that property was uh, instrumental in your development growing up. Absolutely. Your imagination, your being mm-hmm. outside. You guys, mm-hmm. like you said, you guys weren't inside watching TV playing video. You were outside. You were playing using your imagination, being creative mm-hmm. at a young age. And you have a different appreciation for not only that property, but nature absolutely family yeah all of the thing these things because of that and I think that's so cool this is this to me this is the cool stuff the behind the first layer of -hmm. your brand is you the person yeah and getting to know this level of stuff about an artist to me is so exciting yeah because because it, it you can see the trajectory in the pieces that you create and to be honest with you I believe it makes the pieces more valuable to know the story and so, you know, this is this again. Super grateful that we've been, you know, we could, we could sit down and talk about this. You know, Lexi and I have been talking about your artistry for a long time, and I'm super interested too because not only are you doing the um, the Steelsmith and with your jewelry, but you're also doing uh, botanical dyeing with a lot of stuff. And I told you we needed to hit on that today. <laughs> I told you we that needed to hit nature element. That. Come on. <laughs> Talk to me about how you got into the the botanical dyeing, um, you know, scarves, your yeah. the, the clothes, the hoodies, the t-shirts, mm-hmm. all of this stuff. Tell me how you get into it and a little bit about that process.
1: Yeah, for sure. So um, while I was kind of in that weird Space in my life where I wasn't doing any jewelry or anything like that. I started doing a lot of um, dyeing, and that wasn't even just natural dyeing. I was doing like batik and those kind of things where it's fabric like painting. Okay, because it gave me just like a different outlet than like the metal smithing, and it also was something that I didn't have to have a torch. I was in an apartment, you know, Got all you. those things where it's like kind of dangerous. You can't really do that, but I did a fabric dyeing class in college and I kind of fell in love with it because and that was mainly just regular dyes but then we did like a little bit on natural dyeing and I was like kind of piqued my interest I did we didn't have too much time on it but yeah I ended up just like it really just felt at home for me because of my mom's background in flowers and, it, and my dad, as a farmer, I felt like, to me, it just kind of merged all of it. It was, like, very us, if yeah, I would say. Yeah, yeah. So, again, fast forward, once, um, 2018, I started Drew Klanhan Design Studio. Um, I just kind of did both of them together. Because it they don't go together, but they do. Yeah. In my mind, they do. Because... I don't. Yeah, I don't know. It just does. And so with the natural dyeing, I really tried to get items at first that were like foraged. Okay. So um, the process is you have to do a lot of prep work on all this fabric before because a lot of fabric, it doesn't just like adhere to regular dye. Um, again, ancient process. Again. Come on now. All of these dyes are very old so there are these little beetles they're called cochineal and say that
0: one more time cochineal cochineal yeah okay i'm gonna write that they're these little
1: beetles that i believe they're found on cactuses okay and the incas used to actually eat them and then they would put that on their lips and it would stain their lips so it's just that's like ancient in those i use those beetles to dye my fabric Interesting. So this, I mean, that's not like from here, but it's that um, ancient process that that has been around forever. Same with indigo. Indigo is one of the oldest and only real true blue dye in nature.
0: Really? Yeah. Indigo is really? Indigo.
1: Yep. It's the only one. Everything else you would have to kind of...
0: Fabricate to some degree. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Interesting.
1: Avocados. Yes. So I would, uh, you know, eating a ton of avocados and you, I just save all the pits and the, the skins actually put them in my freezer and just keep them for until I'm ready day. yeah ready to die <laughs> yeah. yeah like the beginning process like I said you have to use metals so here we are again metals okay. there is um, like a powdered down metal to actually get your fabric prepared for natural dyeing because there is a whole science before that so once you get that then you can finally get your natural elements added to it but it's
0: okay. it's in
1: itself it, it's intricate it's wild yeah and you never actually know what you're going to get sometimes
0: Mm. because
1: it also depends on the ph level of your water your ph level of your water will change what color if you have acidic water that could change your color of your water uh, of your dye wow so it's science and i i mean who even knew
0: I mean, I, <laughs> well, I didn't
1: know I like science that much. Well,
0: they can't—they come out so cool because there is this like beautiful. and I don't know <laughs> if I explained it well. But... <laughs> no, I think you did. I think you did. And to be honest with you, anything more complicated, it's going to go over my <laughs> head was, if I'm like, being honest like the metal part; like that one's the
1: tough one to describe. But... Yeah,
0: leave the complicates out, for, so yeah. I can understand. No, so the they come out though—they're they're so cool because it's like. um It's almost like, oh, there's a a bit of grit to the design of the stain. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. what you're doing is you're staining fabric with natural products to make just these beautiful pieces. And I guess I'm interested to know, like, what about that design? do you like because you wouldn't do it if you didn't like the final product
1: yeah well and there's different there's different forms so there is the ancient process which is the japanese process called shibori 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 and that is where you are tying the fabric and um, it's like a resist so then what is left behind is like the white area Mm. so that's what's considered like the resist so it'd be. That's what shibori is. Um, so it's any form. So any kind of tie dyeing is actually Shibori.
0: Interesting. Okay.
1: So um again, ancient process. Kind of my favorite <laughs> things. I love it. Then there's what I also do now a little bit more. So this like kind of goes more toward like the botanical side, because they all are naturally derived. So there's like immersion dyeing, which is where you put the actual fabric into the dye that you've created, the dye bath. Or you can do what I do now, more so, is where it's called bundle dyeing or eco-dyeing. Okay. And that is where you put the actual botanical material. So the leaves, the...
0: Avocado. Flowers. Sure. Well, okay.
1: I don't use the, the Like, the avocados are usually the immersion dye. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So that is... I usually, like, cook those down, and then I take the avocado pits, and then all you have left is that dye.
0: Oh, understood. Okay. Then the
1: other is where, like I said, you're putting all of the fabric... Um, lay the fabric out and you put the flowers down on there and then you roll it up and steam it. Mm. And then you actually get the flower left behind. That's amazing. It's super cool. So, I mean, there's just, it's a whole world there. You could just, you're never not a student. Yeah. In the natural dye world. Yeah. Because there's just, it's boundless.
0: Yeah. And there's so many different things you could use.
1: Yeah. Well, in that kind of, I mean, you can kind of go crazy if you think about it. If you're just like, oh, well, one... Like one dye, you can get a span of like a thousand different colors, but it's just how you treat it.
0: That's insane. Different water. Different
1: water. And that's the other thing with mine. It's like, I don't treat the water. I don't try to change the acidic level or anything there. So it's like what you're getting is
0: could potentially
1: be just from Bryan, Ohio. That's cool. That like my water, you know? So I try not to shift it any way that.
0: That's cool. It makes for unique pieces. It does. And I think it's cool because it accompanies the steelsmiths products that you're putting out, the the Mm -hmm. jewelry. And I think it's really cool. You know, if we could take a step back for a second and just look at the business aspect of DK Design Studio because of the nature of what you do, you know, a lot of. I would imagine, and correct me if I'm wrong. I would imagine a lot of sales are online because you have a variety of clientele from all over the country, mm-hmm. uh, maybe even overseas. I'm not sure, but I always liked going in just so I can see it. Again, I love I love the ambiance of feeling you working in the corner while I can see things. Plus, it's like the, you're, it's a private property. It's just it's cool. What what exactly propelled you into that entrepreneurship starting? Uh, the studio coming from working with other business owners? Was it you wanted to create your own style? You couldn't find somebody to work for that you could do your thing with? Or how did that come about?
1: Well, I guess it was after just working for other people. I felt like I was just doing a lot of wholesale stuff. So that is like remaking that same ring a 100 times. And I'm not good with monotony in that way. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> so, I mean, while I loved doing it and love the people I worked for, I was like, I just think I need to do, I just want to do my own thing, go back to my roots, which was being able to create one of a kind pieces that unfortunately, like where I was at, I was not able to do. And so that just propelled me. I was, I wasn't thinking business. That was not me. Mine is, If I could just buy more tools, that was kind of my thing. I just wanted to keep being able to buy better tools. It was literally nothing about how are we going to make these systems better? It was just, oh, sweet. I can make, I can buy a new hammer or something just ridiculous. So it was, it just started there. And then, yeah, online, actually 2020 hit. So I had been going to art festivals that had been like my main source of income having people come to the studio yeah and once 2020 hit it was like well no one can come in here I can't all the shows are canceled yeah so you know I'd already had my website which was great but that's really when it started I started getting more like online sales because my people couldn't come in I couldn't come to them but they showed up you know it was so and it's as an artist, I feel like you're just kind of like, somebody wants to buy this. I don't know. I feel (laughs) like you're just every day. I'm just like, oh my gosh, like, that's really cool. that they, that they like that enough that they want to spend their money on like something that I made
0: and keep coming back. Yeah. I mean, yeah,
1: I'm grateful every day for it.
0: Yeah. You have a style and and I think you really nailed it. And I also think that the way that it also transcended into Silver and Vine is yeah. super cool too. So let's get into Silver and Vine a little bit. Absolutely. This is your second business that you co-own and run with your sister, correct? And that location is uniquely. Let's start with the location and then go from there. Just because <laughs> I think Doesn't that's it cool. Oh,
1: there's this line, isn't there?
0: Tons of connections <laughs> here. So talk to us about first of all. How Silver and Vine came to be, where that idea came from, and then the lo- the importance and significance of the location.
1: Yeah, so um, Silver and Vine kind of started by again sister. So she was
0: sister's name. So Lydia, like Lydia. Sorry, Lydia. Lydia no, you're good.
1: You're shout good. Out. But so she had been working in New York for ten years, fashion industry. So she worked for Victoria's Secret, like the pink line, doing all the accessory designing. So just incredi- super cool. super incredible. Way, um, super cool. Again. Yeah. Just so wild to think um, coming from this area to have, you know, this area thinking that that's like unattainable. Yeah. Going to New York and being a fashion designer, you yeah. know, and again, it's a that huge like, brand.
0: That <laughs> that that's a huge, huge brand. brand.
1: Yeah. And I'll again, bring that back to my mom being the person she is for letting us do like the passion that we wanted to do yeah. and notice that was accepting of us in those aspects. Incredible. But anywho, so 2020 hit and she had to come back here because of obviously <laughs> living in a tiny apartment the in New York
0: shut down. and the world
1: shut down. So she was still working remotely and we had kind of just been, spitballing ideas. We'd always wanted to do something together, but our paths never like had crossed in that way before. So, um, I think she just kind of fell in love with being back with the family again. And we kind of just really just thought there's no better time than now. Yeah. If we're going to do it, let's do it now. We are at a good point. So, we kind of wanted to hone both of our skills together. So she's incredible at what she does. She knows construction, those kind of elements. So that's like a, and she's a very type a person. I am type Z, like I am procrastinator. That's my (laughs) bag. You know, I can be making jewelry for like 10 hours and you wouldn't see me, you know? So yeah, it was, it's kind of, we've always worked super great together. So that's kind of what we just decided we were going to do something together. And then our mom's old shop, a space there was available and it kind of just like stars aligned. And this space, my mom had her floral studio, their floral shop there for 20 years. So at this point, she had been out of that space for 20 years. Amazing. So we were born and raised in that spot. Like the window that we have, I would pretend to be a mannequin in when I was little. (laughs) I would be, I would, you know, they couldn't see me, right? They don't know. Yeah. So it's just, it's funny that how things just make a complete circle. Yeah. And now my daughter is going to pretend to be a mannequin in it. Like it's, oh, it's wild. It's absolutely wild.
0: That's surreal, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. So okay, and the you okay? So the the, the the dynamic between you and your sister. I don't want to brush that past that too quick either. Mm. You bring a unique element of design and creativity to that shop. Yeah, but I she say, does a different. I style. say we
1: we all we always say we're not artists, we're designers. I think that's like the the hard line that I think that her and I both stand behind. So yeah, we're all we're both very design driven. Right. And like aesthetic wise too. so yeah we both have that as like our our drive. yeah yeah she's definitely I mean we have similar tastes for sure definitely crossover pretty often but
0: there is a difference though and I think that's what makes for a, a complete mm-hmm. experience at silver and vine Yeah so just for an audience that might not have been there what what ex- how would you explain um, that's that that uh, would you call it a boutique or a shop or a studio? Um,
1: I don't know, that boutique is just used so often. I, know, I just, I, I don't know, know. I don't even I know how to describe it. Yeah. Um, I guess people would. So it's just kind of like a, I don't know, it's just like a compiling of what makes her and I her, yeah. like us, yeah, you know, yeah. I guess. Yeah. So it has, there's a lot of nature elements. There's a lot of like flowers, obviously, yes. that's gotta be in there, especially just to hit home to the space that's in that we are in. Sure. And- I don't know all of most of the pieces, like the furniture wise, same with what was in my studio space, is articles that have been from around our community or that have some kind of personal con- connection to us. Yeah. Like, like I said, most of the pieces in my studio, those have come from either businesses around downtown Brian or from local schools or things yeah. like that. Same with my space now. It's like, or our silver and vines same situation it's like there's a piece in there that was my great grandma's
0: yeah that's super cool that
1: used to have her art in it that's super cool and elements that came from my mom's shop and i don't know it just kind of makes the makes it feel homey for us yeah too
0: and that's got to be something that your mom could be crazy proud of seeing it all i mean
1: she never thought she never thought that either of us would well, I guess never thought that we would be interested in, yeah, like, being in with, well, I don't know, she just, she never pushed us, and some people might push their kids to, like, success in their career, you know, do their business, but she was never like that, it's just, like, do your thing. Oh. So this, to me, she was just, like, I mean, it's. Could never have imagined, yeah. and here we are back, back at square one. We're back to where it all
0: started. Both, like of you her, know. yeah,
1: and her career, yeah, it's just, it's so cool.
0: It's amazing. It's generational, right? Mm-hmm. It almost just feels like it had to happen, kind of like the yeah. whole destiny conversation, Absolutely. right? And not to get too wooey, I guess, with that, but I think that's really cool when things begin to align naturally because your mom didn't force you down any path, and I think. I honestly, I, I do want to actually talk about that for a split second, just how important it is to allow, um, young developing, not just artists, but children just, it's so crazy. We all have our own, um, childhood and, you know, parenting experience. I don't have kids. I don't know you said your first child and, um, it, it's the dynamic. It changes perspective from what I hear, Oh yeah. you know, like reframes everything, but I think it's so important, though, to allow, creatively speaking, allow kids to to be able to make creative decisions, to express themselves creatively. Granted, you know, we we live in a world that has, and I'm going to trek lightly with this, we live in a world that has um, opened a few doors beyond creativity that could... Okay, put it this way. I'm going to say it this way so I can save face a little bit, but... <laughs> <laughs> when we <laughs> When you give a kid an opportunity to be in a healthy way, unbound creatively and imaginatively. The strength and affirmation and, and self-awareness that, that that comes from that for that young creative, for that young child, it, whether they're creative or not when they're older, is so beautiful because all of a sudden, expression, things in me, my mind, my ideas, my feelings, they're validated outwardly by an art piece they're, they're you know, they're valued outwardly by you allowing me to express my imagination. Right.
1: And it's expressing your emotions. Yes. Because it has, it has nothing to do with, you don't have to have a career in anything art related. You do not have to be a painter. You don't have to be those things, but being able to have that as a young person is incredible. Like you, I mean, it's, it's monumental.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I feel like it's overlooked a lot and they just think it's like, Oh, kids are just playing. It's like, but they're also, you're creating um, people, young people, to have um, like a little bit of a say that a lot of times they're not able to have in yeah. other other ways and decision making. And I, I don't know, it's just developmentally, I feel like it's- It's huge. It's huge. It's huge. Yeah. I completely
0: agree. And I think it's so cool that you're conscious of that. Yeah. So now that you can create that environment as a mother.
1: Oh, my gosh. I know. I just can't wait till I have like a little space for her to just be able to play right yes. beside me and just yes. be able to create her little pieces or, you know, even if she doesn't like it, it's just.
0: Grow up in a shop like you did, though. Yeah. And how important absolutely. that was for you. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's super cool. So so for a second, too, let's do a little bit of a thousand you know, foot view retrospect uh, of the business side of this conversation we've talked about creative heavy but then there's another element that yeah. is huge in the conversation <laughs> is this entrepreneur like and the thing about it is is like this business owner conversation is it daunting is it exciting what is it for you when you can when you pair it right next to your creativity is it just a means to it or what how do you feel about it What's your relationship to the entrepreneur in you
1: I guess I don't even think about it. I don't know. <laughs> I, I know. just, I yeah. I feel like it's. I guess it means doing it. You know what I I'm like the business side. I just, I Is just it do hard
0: for you because you're very personable. You're, you're outgoing. Oh,
1: I'm incredibly personable in in real life. I yeah. feel like the social side. I'm ca- okay. I'm. It's just not my bag. I social just, media. Again, I feel like I'm very old school. It's like, I would much rather be face to face with you. I could talk your ear off for days. I gave you way too much information. <laughs> Word vomit constantly. I'm like, they didn't need to know that. So Lydia and I both are that way. We're just kind of like, well, I guess they know a little too much today.
0: <laughs> it happens. They do the same thing. But
1: yeah, I don't, I don't know. I guess it comes easier when um, I've like seen how that side of the business has like been run Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, that helps, that helps. And I
0: think with that too, though, so much of entrepreneurship ends up being your ability to problem solve and it kind of seems like you have a palette for that right you kind of you kind of seem like you just kind of, you figure it out you tackle it bit by bit whether that's your perspective on college well and or i think that's in like in the, Nashville. the
1: great thing about being an artist is you do problem solve mm-hmm. i feel like especially with like metal smithing too because the chances and the likelihood of you melting that piece is like pretty easy if you're not good at it you know and you haven't honed that in or anything like that yeah it's an artist in general that's all trial and error every single bit of it all of it you could have all this education but it's it's figuring out how to deal with customers and I don't know. Just figuring out your like return policy and just those crazy things that it's like, you just kind of figure it out and go from there. And I feel like with my sister being on board with like silver and vine, she just has like a totally different like mentality than I do. I feel like she is so much more business oriented than I am. And, and she had and
0: 10 years of corporate experience. She too, had though.
1: 10, she knows that stuff yeah, yeah. and it's like invaluable for us. Yeah. She hates it, but if she's so good at it, (laughs) you know, that's like, you know, a cop-out. It's like, but you're good at it. But it's like, you are good at it. Like, that is something that she's very good
0: at. Yeah, 100%. And so let let me ask you this, because I think... People get really confused oftentimes that, and, I, and, I, and also I want to put a bookmark in the conversation that parallels entrepreneurs and creatives, but <laughs> we'll go back to that. We can probably do five episodes with all of the notes that I have so far. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> then okay. the call-in episode. Yes, yeah, in a call-in we episode. It? We have to. We have to. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I kind of want to do it now, but we'll do it time. Who
1: are we gonna call? I don't in. even know.
0: Just like we can, I'll just text a buddy. Like, hey, will you call and ask True a question, please? Uh, somebody would do it.
1: Austin would be like, yeah, let's, let's go. Yes, it. yes, <laughs> let's
0: just call. Let's go. No, but I think so many people fail to understand. This, when it comes to small businesses, especially in small towns, that so much of your success is predicated on your network, the people that you know, whether that's mentors, whether that's resources, whether that's uh, your customer base, you know what I mean? How, how has it been for you gaining customers? Because you had a community, you had a following way before you started Silver and Vine. You know, people know you guys, you, you, you and uh, your sister in the area, they, they know what you guys do. So there's already a community built, which is ideal to launch a business with. What is it like, though, getting customers at a brick and mortar location? And what's it like, be it that you have that network prior? Because that's really a luxury. It's huge. It's yeah. huge.
1: And that's actually the reason why I wouldn't have felt comfortable starting a business anywhere else Mm. like I don't I would not have had the confidence to start my business in Nashville Mm. I feel like that's it's just so intimidating because there's so many human beings it's like why did why would they care here it's like we were born and raised here so it's like you already have people it's like oh I went to high school with your dad like there's just this like element of people that even if they don't buy from you, they still are like going to support you because they support like you. you. Exactly. You're not just some random person who's just trying to pedal around something. It's like they care because they care about you. They care about your family. They care about making, I don't know, making a downtown feel like it has a life again. They want to support young people. They like that is an active um, part of, I can feel that environment since we moved uptown, I already felt that in my location, um, in my DK design location, but it's just like a whole different level now because people come up and like, thank you so much for being here. And we're just like, we're like, what? You, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. just for us, we're just doing our thing, but very, oh, it's just awesome when people do that. It's because we don't, we're just like, we're just doing our thing, but to other people, they, it means a lot to us.
0: Yeah. And you're located on uh, the downtown section of Bryan, Ohio.
1: So yeah, we're on like the backside. The outside of the square. Yeah, if you like know where Father John's is, we are catty corner to them on yes. beach streets. But yeah, I feel like if I wasn't, like I had said before, if I wasn't in Bryan, I'd be in defiance. I feel yeah. like these are my places. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, Bryan shows up and they're, they're willing to support. Yeah. I feel like there's this era happening where for so long downtowns had been run down or everyone and we all know this yes there is a like i don't know what we all had in our head at least in brian there was where it's like get out
0: oh yeah you know there is and it's like
1: my sister and i did do that and then we're like we wanted to be able to bring something back here that felt a little bit elevated felt like us it's like this exists other places. Why can't it exist here? Like yeah. there are people that live here that will find this enjoyable.
0: 100%. 100%. And they're here, whether it's yeah. their family, they have kids, whatever the case might be, but they're here. Yeah, you
1: don't have to go to Columbus. You like, don't, you right. know what I mean? It's it, yeah, it's, it can be here.
0: And you guys are bringing back a taste of something bigger in a lot of people's eyes, which is amazing. And it's, and it's interesting that you, that you pointed that out. You, you know, your sister uh, and and you, and you, you both went away. Mm -hmm. And you both found home back where you grew up. Mm -hmm. But the perspective of your experience afforded a taste of your creativity that is especially unique in this area. And Lexi and I, my wife and I did the same thing. She moved to Nashville. I moved to Nashville. I lived in San Antonio. You know, I came back. She lived in Mexico with her mission for half a year. Yeah. You know, there's just these experiences that are, it's really cool to bring those back, to be able to have a taste of something. I don't want to say bigger, but something different.
1: Well, like we are the next generation. You know, if, if we are the, you know what I mean? It's like, we're so used to like what was already here, but we need to be part of that next wave of what's Gonna come like what's going to make defiance or make Brian better than it was before? That's because we all were like, oh, I mean, that was just our mentality. It's like, oh, why would we live here?
0: Yeah, we got to go to Fort Wayne or Toledo. But now, I
1: mean, you can just tell there is definitely a wave. Like I said, in Brian, there is a wave where people like, oh, I could actually like hang out down here. Yeah, there's like things to do, and we're just kind of like, yeah,
0: yeah, it's not as bad as you think it is.
1: (laughs) I don't know what what. I don't know. I, yeah, it's, and I, and I have fell for that. I fell for it.
0: Yeah. Well, and here's the deal though you have perspective though. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's the difference, I think, because when you come from a small town and you're in a small town, and you've never left for any long period of time. You can't appreciate it as much because, listen, you know, yeah. eventually when you walk by, when you walk by that full laundry basket of clothes so many times, you're going to forget it's there. Right. Absolutely. Well, when you consider small town, right, you, you, you grow, you become ungrateful. Same people to, you went to high school with. Yeah, yeah. yeah, same yep. shop, same location, mm-hmm. same movie theater, whatever. But now, you know, let's talk about Brian. Brian, you guys, uh, Silver and Vine, okay? Your studio is still in Brian, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. Uh, Cove, uh, yeah. Lacey and Ben Adams Absolutely. just launched that. Then there's Core, then there's FJ's, uh, my buddy uh, Chef Anthony um, Aquino, he's the, the chef at Father John's. They're, they've got some Third awesome things in the making. Third awesome. rail's awesome. And then
1: we're, we have a distillery. Yep,
0: and there's more coming there's too. There's so
1: much coming. So I don't know. I feel like there's a wave of coolness that i don't feel like has been there in a long time
0: i think that's here in defiance too i can see I that. that i yeah. feel that yeah yeah the cool thing about that too is like everybody who went away because they didn't have the things are coming back and doing the things they want which is
1: exactly the point yeah i feel like that's what we we're supposed to do somebody's got to do it yeah. otherwise all you're gonna have are fast food restaurants and it's like yeah. is that really franchises want- you know yeah you need to have the small business and, like, have a community that is willing to fight for those small businesses, too. Because we can't fight for ourselves. No. Like, we can't do yeah. this alone.
0: Alone, 100%. And that's that's the beauty of small businesses and small towns is you do have a bit of a... a you have the community's interest based on you just being local. Just Absolutely. on you being local. Yeah. And, and I will say this. I've had trouble with that. We own a, I own a marketing agency, right? It's I don't have a storefront where you can come... Buy something and leave. I mean, you could buy some merch if you want, but yeah. you know, and and with that too, it's hard to delineate history and tradition with new age marketing. It's just new. It's just new. My business, my family has not generationally owned business besides Lever Glass. That's my. Uh, my mom's side, but nobody can tell that I'm related to the lever. So,
1: but this is so important for you. For sure. This is incredible.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And it's been amazing being able to generate the awareness and community support, but up front, it was tough. I didn't necessarily have that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Had to first earn the respect of the business owners locally. Mm -hmm. Then second, I had to find a way to make it seem like, Hey, like we actually care about our community for those who might not own a business, but can still show show support. and you show up, gotta show up got to show up, especially for their small business owners. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's been an interesting part of the journey to be able to acclimate to a small town community and really feel the support and find the support. You know, I think that I would love your perspective on those that are worried or hesitant to start a business because of they feel the lack of support because I don't feel like you even really questioned that. you just did what you were what you loved. Well
1: I am right. Well I I am very privileged in the aspect of being raised with an entrepreneur as a mother. True. Sure. You know I feel like that helped me but not everybody has that. Yeah. And I just want to be that person for as many people as possible young, young people wanting to just dabble in anything. It's like, I absolutely, I love hearing about people wanting to start businesses. I get so excited for them. I'm like, okay, so what do we have to
0: do? Like, let's think about
1: this. I'm like, if you don't come to me, if you aren't going to do it, because I'm going to be on you. I'm going to be like, so when are you starting that? So I'm excited for you. Oh, you want to do that food truck? Let's do it. I will be there every day. Yes. Like I'm, I'm too ambitious. I'm too excited for you. Like, uh, yeah, just don't come to me if you're not ready (laughs) because I'm going to be on you. But I I respect that. Well, I just, yeah, I understand that it's a very difficult thing to get started. You're you're just in your head. There's so many mechanics behind it. You can think of a billion ways and reasons why not to do something. Yeah. Yeah. But. Do you want to live like that?
0: No. And you only need one reason to start.
1: You only need one.
0: And I think the cool thing about, you know, especially today's day and age is that mm-hmm. it's re- OK. It is easy as it's ever been to start a business. Oh, absolutely. And it's easy as it's ever been to keep a business in business for one simple reason attention. It's so easy to get people's attention nowadays, right? Yeah. Now, granted, people are catching, you know, starting to realize that. So it's getting harder because there's more competition in that, uh, in that, I guess, sphere, right. Yeah. Of, 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 of that perspective of business. I also think too, that the amount of resources and access to information really mitigates people's ability to make excuses to start. Well, mm-hmm. I don't know how YouTube, well, I don't know when now. Yeah. Well, I don't have the funding. That's the easiest thing to find. You know what I mean? It,
1: or you, you don't have to have the funding. Exactly. You know. Start small. I start very small. Like yeah. I, I start. Yeah. I guess the same with like a jeweler. It's like go online.
0: Come on. Yep.
1: Go online. Learn how to solder. Yeah. You don't have to go to college. Yeah, You don't have to learn to do that. There's so many self-taught silversmiths, you know, it's, you don't have to follow my path. That's, that's not everybody's path. Just, let's talk about that. Just get started.
0: Let's talk about that. Yeah. Go there because you went to, you went to school for this, but you had a passion for it, but you needed, I think, correct me if I'm wrong. College was also a bit of discovery for you. Mm -hmm. It was finding your palette in, you know, in that art uh, career and, and being able to find this skill that it was here. This is laid out. Here's a curriculum. Let's do this. Yeah. Now I just wanted to have
1: as many, I guess like if you want to go to college and you want, especially for art, if you want to do that and you want to have like a, a pretty well-rounded aspect of art, if you don't really know what you want to go for, In the arts, I'd say do that. You can find out which one you like, but that's also a lot of money to try to just like figure that out. I wanted to, like, I wanted to do metalsmithing and I wanted to learn how to raise gigantic vessels. I wanted to learn how to do that, but you definitely don't have to go to a four-year degree. I say find an artist that is willing to teach you mentorship in that aspect is huge.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I learned more working for those three people than I did in the four years.
0: You don't seem like somebody who regrets you you seem like hey this is my I feel choice. like that's my like path. You, that's just you, the
1: path that I I chose. Um yeah. but
0: it looked different if you didn't.
1: Absolutely. If I I mean if I go back I would probably go and get like a bench jeweler's um An apprenticeship apprenticeship or just go get like Take a couple classes doing that. If I was like older, or you know, yeah. it's just it was a different a hindsight. But I would never give that up. Sure. That got me down the the dying path, like the botanical dying path. It's just sure. I it forged so many things for me that I wouldn't I wouldn't give that up.
0: Yeah, that's cool. And
1: and I and oh man, you just you just gotta it's start small.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, because a lot of people, they have the idea and then all of a sudden they are flooded, berated and more or less just consumed by the what ifs or the why nots. And Mm -hmm. and I guess I guess I guess part of that is just personality, because, you know, somebody could be considering a business right now and hear you and myself saying just start. And they still don't because they consider the, you know, I don't have enough money. I don't have enough support. I don't have enough knowledge. I don't have enough experience. Mm -hmm. Here's the deal. You start, start small, be aware of that, be transparent with that Mm -hmm. and then find people to, to build from, find mentors, YouTube university. Listen, I dropped out of college two times. Mm -hmm. Okay. Not once, but twice. Twice. I don't have a marketing degree. I was going for psychology and all to some studies back then. You know what I mean? Like it it was YouTube university. It was finding. It's also life though. It is life.
1: No, but I mean like life has got you there. Oh sure. Meaning like, I don't know. I feel like it's, it's every job that you've had, every experience you've had got you there. It's not just the college, you know, people, I know plenty of people that I went to college with that, are not using their degree. They got an, they got an MFA and they're not using that degree. That degree doesn't always mean yeah. it does not equate to that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: If you don't have
1: the passion for it or the drive for it. Then that's, it's kind of like, it's not going to happen for you. Yeah. It's not, you don't, you don't want to do it.
0: Yeah. And you know, it's crazy because I think a lot, especially creatives, and this is, Ah, this is a huge conversation. I kind of want to pull back the previous point on the shelf about mm-hmm. paralleling entrepreneurship and creatives, but it's crazy how creatives, they have such a hard time often finding their place in the world as far as professional, uh, the professional world goes. We're the weirdos. Well, yeah. we're there's no, there's not a lane for you. Yeah, you have the, to create your own lane. We're the lane.
1: outsiders of the outside. Yes. <laughs> right.
0: Just completely. I've s- always said that gray. about me being an
1: artist. I felt like I'm more designer. So I'm like an outsider in the outsiders, which is the arts. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah yeah and let's talk about the parallel though there's a parallel between creatives and entrepreneurs and i think that the parallel is naturally you have to innovate like creativity creativity and art is innovative in itself that is the threat of its existence right and with entrepreneurship innovation and problem solving because innovation is just problem solving when you boil it down right and so i think there is a parallel between creativity and entrepreneurship Where there is a huge disconnect, though, is the personal skills. A lot of artists aren't necessarily personable or they do business a completely different way because they think that some of the best artists that I know are just very emotionally displayed. They're very in tune with themselves. However, it's really hard to sit down and have a meeting about your fiscal productivity or administrative. Oh, yeah, that is
1: foreign. Yeah. You're just like, I don't know what that is. I'm just going to keep making over here. Right.
0: Well, because structure, (laughs) structure... Is our
1: enemy. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. an enemy to the um, artistic. Mindset.
0: How do you balance that though? Because you're, you know, the left brain says just create boundlessly, and then the right brain says organization. Tax season is health. Is yeah. all You better get a good CPA. <laughs> Take know. care of you. We're good. We're good now. <laughs> but
1: yeah, for the like, yeah. that's the thing. You just, I guess, uh, that's what most people say. If you knew that it was going to be this hard, you probably wouldn't have done it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's good.
1: You probably that's just good. wouldn't have. <laughs> would you? Yeah. Because <laughs> <I, I don't laughs> no, you're crazy. Because like, I'm crazy. You. Yeah. I feel you. Same, <laughs> I'm just going like, to, I don't know what else I would do. Yeah, 100%. Where else am I gonna, what else am I going to do?
0: And would you ever feel as fulfilled as you do now if you couldn't create the experience that your customers have completely as an owner?
1: No. I, yeah, and I feel like for me, even having someone try to sell my work. There's just like that. It's like, it's gotta be me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's part of the experience, right? It,
1: it's me telling you exactly like what part of that, where did I find that stone? Like how long did that take me to make it? Where like, where's that design in my sketchbook? Did I even sketch it? Was I like, just like making it off yeah. the cuff? I yeah. don't know. I feel like there is, um, yeah, it's, it would be weird to hand that off to somebody else. Yeah, Because people, yeah, they, they want, to talk to me. Yeah. They were like, I feel like I can, not that I'm trying to sell it I'm, by any means. I'm just trying to talk to you because I. Yeah. this is one of my passions. Yeah. You, yeah, and they can on, tell, though. they're like, oh, she's really into this.
0: Yeah. I feel like they're
1: I like, feel we shouldn't ask her any more questions. <laughs> she's going off.
0: Well, I ask because I'm curious. Oh, well, yeah. And I, honestly, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also think, too, a lot of people are genuinely curious. I think that the hard part comes in when not a lot of people understand. Because a lot of people who might appreciate your pieces, and maybe they all are creative and understand, right? But a lot of people don't. And you know, with us too, whether that's a video, a logo, copywriting, a strategy, whatever. Yeah. This podcast, a lot of this is just creative. It's instinctive. It's innate. It's what we feel, right? Right. Mm -hmm. But with marketing, obviously, we have a ton of metrics and information that we have to use to be accurate. But with this conversation, especially with what you just said, so much of it comes down to, listen... This is what I've created. And what I've created is only a piece of metal until it is brought to life by the characters of the piece including the story.
1: And art is your soul. Like every every piece. And then people always ask me, they're like, "How do you get rid of these? Like, how are you okay with like someone buying your piece and you're like letting it go?" I'm like, "Well, I existed with it." Yeah, I made it and then I like sent it off into the world. Yeah, you know, I feel like you can just I kind of separate myself. It's not thats why I could never be a painter. If I was a painter, I would never get rid of a single painting. (laughs) To me, the paintings are very, very like, I don't know. Intimate, sacred. They're very sacred. And yeah, yeah, I don't think I would be able to let one
0: go yeah it's so crazy that artists legitimately take their their heart and soul i know i sound
1: like a wackadoo no you don't no no not at all
0: (laughs) not at all listen our audience is to to creative conversation they get it but what it's so crazy that like you know I, i i have such a deep respect for creatives because you wear your heart on your sleeve every day and you're judged by it. Oh, my gosh. You I make know people are like, yeah, it's too it.
1: expensive. And you're like, okay, it's not your bag. It's fine. But also
0: it's like <laughs> oh too expensive. whatever. I absolutely, please, if you're listening to this podcast, never <laughs> look at a handcrafted piece. Anything it doesn't have to be jewelry. It could be painting. It could be a cardboard box that somebody thinks is beautiful. Don't ever say it's too expensive because what you're doing is you're trying to rearrange the value of an artist's piece. So screw off and go buy some Walmart jewelry if that is your if that's your take yeah. otherwise you 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 see the price and you appreciate the story and paying that price is understanding the value of the story of the piece and the creative
1: well and I've worked retail I've worked those environments so for me I am like painfully nice I'm like oh my gosh you gave me something raw but I'll eat it anyway you know what I mean <laughs> I'm just like I would never so I I can't imagine It's weird. It's weird.
0: I get it. And it's so funny though, because everybody who says that has no idea what they're talking about. Like they don't know anything about actually the the creating the jewelry. They don't know anything about the industry. They don't really know industry prices. Well,
1: and I also think, I mean, there is some people who, yeah, they just don't, they just don't know. And, and I have, I have to educate quite often and that's totally fine, but this is my passion. So for me to tell you how I made it, again i'll go too far like you'll know too much but you know i feel like then they understand and they're 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 my people then yeah. you know do you
0: feel like that's played a role in the success of your businesses because you're able to passionately sell even though you're not selling even though you're not selling yeah, you're just yeah, talking about it cuz you love talk, it Yeah, and it's an opportunity for you to talk about your thing right yeah i
1: mean with art i'm just like do oh.
0: you think <laughs> well and that's how it should be right yeah. I, I really do believe that's also um it's infectious and attractive from, from a consumer standpoint, because I mean, try selling some, you know, how am I going to be passionate about your pieces if you're not terrible. passionate?
1: I would be terrible. My face, everyone knows exactly what I'm thinking. Like you don't even have to know me. And they'd be like, okay, Drew doesn't like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I will not bullshit you. Yeah,
0: no, I feel you. <laughs> I'm not and that, good at it. That transparency, I believe, and I would love to hear your take. Has it played a role in the success of your businesses? You're passionately selling.
1: I think so. Yeah, because again, I'm not just selling because I want to make a book. I'm it's like if you're interested in it, like I again, I'll tell you everything about it. And again, even if I have so many people that come and they're like, I can't buy right now, but that's like on their list. And I'm like, I understand. Like yeah. jewelry is a luxury. Yeah. We know this. Yeah. It's always been a luxury. And I'm I'm just telling you, it's not something that it's going to um, fall apart or those things. It's like, it's meant to be handed down. It's meant to be heirloom. Like that's the point. So when you do that investment, it's like, you're going to have that piece for your grandkids.
0: Hundred percent. So
1: I don't know. I feel like, yeah, I hope they, I think, hope they buy into like me as a human. I'm I don't
0: know. Maybe they just like your pieces. They don't want to talk to you.
1: Yeah, they're just like, yeah, she's weird.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Who cares? Who cares? Let them be. You know, and, and that's, I think that's the crazy world we live in is like, and granted, like I'm saying all of this to say like every customer, whether you like it or not, stupid grateful for them. I can, I can. I, I know. Can, I am. I'm in the same boat. Like yeah. Yeah. Every single one of them, whether they get it or not, whether they're stupid supportive or not or whether they're a pain or not like stupid grateful every single
1: them every single one of them got me to the five-year mark
0: exactly every
1: single one of them
0: yes and you're gonna need every single one of them to get to the 10-year mark you know and i i guess i'm interested on your take on this the opinions of the world listen i think because of social media everybody has everybody believes their opinion is coming from some sort of like um, warranted place, like you, like they have some industry knowledge or experience because they follow. For example, for your example, maybe they follow a lot of
1: other silversmiths,
0: other sil- other, other silversmiths that uh, are in the industry creating similar products, um, and they're just in the industry. And because they follow them, they think they ha- they're palated. They have maybe they have like five pieces, and so they're an expert. Like it's so crazy because nowadays, based on these little pieces of experience, they believe they're qualified to make some pretty bold opinions. Where it's like yo, you really have no clue. You're, you're a, you're a high quality fan, but you're not in this industry, you know? And I think that's not just what you do. That's what we do. It's what everybody does, right? Everybody has his opinion.
1: I've been pretty low under the radar. I don't have that many like followers on Instagram, but I have like crazy followers in like life. So I haven't had too many haters yet or like people like, you know, downing my stuff. But I hope it stays that way. <laughs> now that I've spoken in the universe. I, yeah, watch. Well, you're going to get your Great. first one next week. You can come and be like, yo,
0: dude, <laughs> you did this. We did, <laughs> yes, we did this. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. And, and I think the the good thing about that, though, about this social world and opinion world is people are now participating in conversations they wouldn't. That's the bright side of it all, right? They're now acclimated to at least industry terminology or familiarity of pricing, whatever the case might be. So they're being educated on a regular basis. I just think it's also funny that the most unqualified people always have the loudest opinions and the qualified people are just building. They don't have time for the opinions. I know. I'm
1: kind of like, all yeah Like (laughs) it or don't, I'm moving on. That's how I always am.
0: Yeah. Well, the people with the most opinions are typically the people that have, they're doing the least, they're building the least amount of thing. They're not doing anything. Right. Yeah. So, so let, let me ask you this now. So, you have you have um drew klein in design studio you have silver and vine you're also on the steering committee for the. Um, I'll let you talk about the festival that's coming to Brian but a few other committees too. You have a lot going on. Fill us in on everything, if you.
1: Okay. Can. Okay. So the next thing that's happening, I am on the steering committee for what is going to be the new art festival, juried art festival, happening in downtown Bryan. It's called Come on. Flare on the Square. Let's go. So this has been. This is a brainchild of me and another woman. Um. So she was out to my studio and we were just like you know in my space yeah. talking art and she's a businesswoman she um is incredible at what she does but um she and I were talking just about having an art festival downtown and having like juried fine art fair because we've both gone to tons of them and just thought this community needs something like that that's higher end because we have a lot of artists here yeah. Uh, again once you once you're here it's like i came back and then i was like in the art world and so it was interesting to artists always find each other yeah they do they like sniff each other out we know like they come out but um so yeah we were talking and then we formed this committee to start this art fair so this was in 2019
0: okay this is, OK, this so has been
1: this a has been a minute. And then 2020, of course, hit 2021 was still we're like, are we going to get out of this? Our art festival still going to be a thing. We just were like, how are we going to move forward here? So 2022, we started back up again, got our crew going and it's going to be an entire whole day event. Mm-hmm. So it starts at 10 a.m. And then goes till nine PM.
0: Amazing. So
1: the artists will start off. I'm in charge of the juried artists, so I had to do the whole back end there, figuring out. Um, since I've done art shows in the past, kind of cherry picking. Kind Credentialed
0: of the, artists, or like when you say juried, is that like they're gonna they're gonna judge? So art?
1: it's kind of like um, like the Lilac Festival. You know how there's the um, they have like their booths and everything. Yeah. It's actually, we like kind of fashioned it off of the Black Swamp Art. Oh. Um, in BG, yeah, yeah. So, um, it's kind of that where you have to apply and then you get juried.
0: Oh, okay, to
1: actually get in. Okay, that means with that, I had to kind of do the whole back end side, figuring out what the requirement, requirements would be, what are rules, all of this craziness, write
0: some policies out. But, and, right. and right.
1: for me, it's like, as an artist who did this, it's like, these are the things that made sense, these are what I would. I loved about this show. Yeah. So it was cherry picking off of like shows around us or ones that I've attended myself. So, um, that is happening. So the artists will be there from nine or 10 AM until 6 PM. So we've got juried artists down one side and then I'm also in charge of the community arts section. So we have make and takes. Okay. And that is where um, we have a fabric marbling person. Wow. So we're okay. going to be doing that. Okay. We have like a giant spin art machine. Um, just things for all ages there. So trying to rally people for that. Caricature artist, face painter, Amazing. all those things. And then I don't know if you've heard, but like Parlor eighteen sixty one. So it's like a um, a rentals like our event space in Bryan. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. over there, so same same situation, they are going to be, it's going to be high school arts. Amazing. So it's the emerging artists, cool. which I'm super excited to like have them there to be able to like showcase their art to then yeah. Garner in the next generation. That's awesome. Bring them in so that they know that, like our community needs to see them. We have incredible kids in our community who have national awards or Amazing. like state awards in the arts. But I'm like, why? When is the community going to get to see them? Yeah. Like, Not everybody can travel to Columbus or travel to Fort Wayne or wherever those are at. So it's like to have those pieces here and have the community see them, super important.
0: Yeah, and you're not going to get the uh, typical... You know, a high school baseball team goes and wins state. You're gonna get escorted back by like all these. You're gonna have the banners. Tr- yes, yeah, have the yeah, yeah, a yeah. Bands marching in front of them. Uh-huh. get the Cop cars, the sirens, uh-huh. the fire trucks. When somebody wins a national award in art, it's like it might make it might make the third page. Yeah. And so, what you're doing is you're giving a platform for these emerging artists, existing artists. Mm-hmm. But you're also creating a public conversation about the art, and I think that's super cool because now all of a sudden it's relevant and it's cool, right? It's something that they can relate to, they can participate in, and when you start bridging those gaps, all of a sudden more creatives start coming out of the woodworks, right? I know. They start, and, and I've seen a lot of this in like uh, uh, developing cities, such as like when I lived in San Antonio. Uh, they were just a, a, a huge emerging art scene, which is so cool because people were giving them a place and they were saying, we see you, we want to buy from you. And not only that, we want to celebrate you,
1: but everybody loves and everyone knows that the, when the arts come in, they come in to whatever exists. They come into the places that have, it's like half dilapidated
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: and then the artists make do, make it cool. And then everybody else wants to come in. That's true. Starts with the artists first. That's true. They're the ones that like, technically gentrify usually, unfortunately spaces in a good way, bad way. But um, they start off there because it's like. It starts there.
0: You're right. Because all of a sudden, now that there is a post in the neighborhood, a uh, location, it's so interesting. There's this place in San Antonio called, and the area is okay. It's cool. Um, it's right by like this historic district. But otherwise, it's kind of like a... Um,
1: Seedy a, little space. Yeah, a little,
0: <laughs> a little tired part of town. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, But they have this place. It's a little uh, strip mall type deal. Uh, okay. The coffee shop called... Uh, HollyCon, and then there's Lone Star Brewing Company, and a few other art sections in between. Yeah, and it's so cool because I, I visited man, this past August last year, about a year ago, and the progress that they made, that energy, that atmosphere, that culture. Is just expanding. They just needed one place, one person to take a chance and say, "We're going to open up an art studio here." And then all of a sudden, years go by, and it just compounds because now it's relatable. Now I oh, th- these are my people.
1: Well, then they need a place to eat. Yes. Then they need a place. That, I mean, everybody loves a good dive bar.
0: Come on, now everybody does. I don't care what you say. You got to have
1: good music, and you also have to have a space or like a space yes. as an ex-metalhead, still metalhead. Okay, come on. You got to have a space that had you can have shows and I don't mean just acoustic. I mean, you need to be able to have local Production. shows. You got to have that all goes together. And then it brings a younger crowd.
0: 100%.
1: It brings that crowd.
0: And it's the vitality of that community. Yeah. And it's so cool that you guys are doing that in Bryan, because here's here's the deal. Like traditionally in Northwest Ohio, where we're at, traditionally, it's conservative. It's, um, it's old school. It's but here's the deal. It's just time for new. It's not, no, there's no, there's no.
1: Somebody with, pa- like, you know, somebody that, like, recognized a little punk had some ideas and decided, hey,
0: let's. <laughs> let's give her a place to do her little idea thing, right? But, but it, uh, you have to garner the respect first. You have to garner attention first. and all Absolutely. Of us, and then you have a platform. But that's,
1: so- because I have, like, I felt like I have the privilege that I do have. It's like, I want to make sure that I'm using that to make it accessible for all the arts, make it accessible for the next generation. That doesn't feel like they can, can get it. Yeah. It's like, it's somebody's got to pave something.
0: Well, you have to, or else they're, they're, they're going to stop coming back.
1: Well, and I hope that, especially with the emerging artists and just, I'm hoping that they see that it's like me as a working artist. It's like, I'm relatable. I feel like you can, you can see the line of that. It, it could be you too. You know, there is a space for you.
0: Yeah and like I think you hit on a powerful point earlier the younger demographics not not um that's not like religiously young like there's a lot of people who are very artistic older generations mm-hmm. that Need to be part of the community. They're the oh, pioneers. absolutely.
1: They're they're also they're the my pioneers, people.
0: right? <laughs> but but the young people, like being able to have creative companies, being able to have creative people in in the spotlight in these small towns, these conservative towns, it's so important for you know for the young demographic that moves to come back or to keep the younger demographic, mm-hmm. because otherwise they're going to go find what inspires them. They're going to go find where they fit, and so you have to really adapt to the idea that. We need the Silver and the Vines. We need the DK Design Studio. We need Holy Hill Media, White Horse Tattoo Boutique. Mm-hmm. Yes, we mm-hmm. need these places. And if not, these young folk are going to find it elsewhere. And guess what? When they have to travel to Columbus, to Nashville, to Austin, to Wilmington, North Carolina, five times a year to get what they need to get, eventually they're just going to move.
1: Absolutely. And
0: we have to be able to infuse a lifestyle choice for the people that we want to stay in our communities. Yeah. And as... The boomers are getting older, and the younger generations. That means coming there's, space up. There's, more there's space for us. There's more space. Come on there's now, especially because we have no houses around. We need more oh housing. Oh my gosh, here. that's not even it's insane. It's a problem. It's a problem. Yeah, but we're here, and I think people now are becoming aware of that. And I also love that, you know, here um, the Defiance Development and Visitors Bureau. They asked me to be in the the, the Uh, Board of Directors, right? Same thing. Congratulations! Thank you, thank you. you. And it's going to be, I think, two years this fall. And it's just, it's just one of these things where I start. I'm starting to see small towns around here Mm -hmm. being uh, having a conversation, having a voice in the conversations that are like leading the way for the city, right? And it's really cool because. I, I feel like a lot of the leadership in these cities are becoming aware of what it's going to take to keep and bring new young families in here mm-hmm. because that's how you grow a community. Yep. You get young families in here. I mean, people are age and even older 10 to 15 years, right? Mm-hmm. Um and and it's so cool to be able to come here when you know move back when I was in from Texas and and to be able how to How long were you in Texas? Uh, about a year. Okay. Not very long. Um and, and be able to have, have places like uh, Cabin Fever Coffee, have places like your studio, have places um, in, you know, in like Father John's and Third Rail and it, just the places that just are newer, maybe not necessarily creative minded, all of them, but they're just a place that feels like something that's in a bigger city.
1: Something. I know everyone. Different. That, yeah. Like if you go to Father John's, you're down there. It's like, this doesn't feel. What
0: is this place? Like <laughs> Brandon, Ohio. Not at all. Same with
1: Third Rail. It's like, yeah. where are we?
0: It's super cool. Yeah.
1: Sweetwater? Like, where are we? Yeah, for sure. When they redid the inside, I was like,
0: okay. Come on It's now. so yes, cool in yes, there. Yes, downstairs, Firestone, yeah. I
1: know. Yeah, they have a lot going on out there. Yeah. But, yeah, I think there's just, there has to be something for the next generation, and I feel like there's a wave of things happening. I think That so I'm too. really excited about. Yeah, because, again, like, there are people who were adamant. They're like, oh, I'm, there's nothing to do in Brian. And then they... They come back for a weekend, and it's like, wow, there's actually some stuff to do I here. Like, like Brian, yeah, I could handle this.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I feel like, well, when I lived in Nashville, it was like you were just paying pay the bills. It was like you're working all of this time. Just to keep up. Just to keep up. You don't get to go anywhere because, first of all, traffic is awful. Awful. I was perpetually like nauseous, (laughs) like it could never stop. But yeah, you just, it was, it's a cool place to live, but like, it's almost like a cool place to visit, but like to live in it, it's just
0: so hard. You're keeping up or you're thriving. There's no in between. Exactly. And
1: I, that is not the wavelength I am on. I am too much nature inclined to be in a city. My cup is filled when I'm outside, yeah. and it's not when it's around human beings and <laughs> cement. That's for sure. Trees and grass. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I feel like it was either you never got to like travel, experience those things. Now it's like that is available. Yeah. That wasn't before.
0: 100%. Do you feel like do you feel like that is you feel like your art got better when you were back home when you I were feel like in I didn't your elements? do art okay before. come on now I Talk feel about like
1: that. I just didn't I mean it was I mean working with your hands the whole time you just like you don't have enough time to like work on your own stuff you're just like helping other people get to their next level yeah so um yeah I just didn't feel very inspired
0: yeah I get that. And that's hard as an artist creating regularly, often in order to, in order to create, you need to be inspired. You know, throughout this entire conversation, what I hear you saying is that there is a crazy importance for the environment in which an artist is developed. I've heard you say that it's crazy important to be able to have the freedom to explore your creativity because you have to find yourself. And I think so many artists find themselves in creatively expressing themselves. I think that's beautiful. I think everybody should try to do that to some degree regularly, whether you're an artist or not. Expressing yourself through art to understand yourself. I've heard you say that, you know, when starting a business, start small. Start small because what you prefer is a hundred loyal followers than a thousand uninterested followers. Absolutely. And and, and, and as we... like the history matters. The community matters. Your network matters. Your, your, your initiatives insane too, right? Like if you don't see it, you go make it. And I think that's great. And I
1: might be crazy. That's
0: okay. It's <laughs> it, Listen, nothing it crazy, doesn't it? N- nothing momentous ever comes from some, a reasonable mind. Yeah. Some, and, and, and anything that is momentous, that is like worth applauding comes from an unreasonable mind. With unreasonable work ethic. Because if
1: you start looking at all the things that are, like we even said before, it's like there's a million reasons not to do something, but that doesn't stop me from doing them.
0: Of course. Your reason is big enough, despite the the opposition. Yeah. And that's so important for not only entrepreneurs, but especially young creatives. Mm -hmm. Right now, if, because we do have a lot of creatives that listen, considering your passion, find the glimmer and relentlessly pursue it. Absolutely. Because you might think, well, I want to make, you know, X amount of money this year. Listen, that money is not going, that money will be there when you're done finding your passion. Yeah. And to be honest with you, it's easier to make a lot of money when you, have you can always make more money. There's (laughs) never, there's never a finish line with that.
1: You can't always be happy. I feel like that's, I mean, not that you're always going to be happy, but it's, yeah, money's not my object here. That is definitely not me. Mine is always happiness. Mine is always finding my peace of mind. That's like the utmost importance to me. So, if I make money along the way, cool. There goes another tool. You Come know what on. I mean? Yes. And yes. it's and then it's
0: another tool. Yeah. Reinvest it. Yes. <laughs> yeah,
1: reinvest. And yeah. I guess that's like should be that's an entrepreneur thing, but it's like me it's just like <laughs> just yeah, I wanted another thing. tool, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. That's how it should be. I love it, I admire it, I respect <laughs> it. I've I've come to I I like that we've actually touched like, you know, beginning, like young Drew till Drew now. And now (laughs) I would love to to tie the bow in this conversation by you telling me what it's like being a mother right now. On top of owning two businesses, being on the committees, setting up this festival, all of this stuff, jumping on podcasts. What's it like being a mother in the middle of all this? The best thing. Yeah.
1: And I was not, and that's literally coming from a person who never considered kids Mm. never yeah that was never in my plan my plan was my making my business doing my art that was that was my plan and i will say the best thing that's ever happened to me she's
0: my world she's the
1: coolest thing ever she's
0: absolutely adorable i
1: i yeah and i just so for any women out there that are nervous yeah it's like you guys they're the coolest they they really She teaches me a million things. It's just wild to see her experience life. And, I mean, she's only 10 months, going on 11, so she's still on the young side, but... That's your little person. Yeah.
0: You created a human being. uh,
1: I know. I was like, I never understood the women. Like, just people would be like, oh, it's the best thing. I'm like, "Uh uh-huh, sure. (laughs) And now I I get it a thousand percent. I am dehydrated over caffeinated <laughs> and got too much on my plate but it's like the best thing on earth and it's actually she's actually gotten me to be less of a pro- procrastinator mm, she's like
0: more now. yeah you
1: have to before I was kind of I would go out to my studio whenever I wanted be out there super late I could just be in my element for super long now I have to like really hone in Yeah. I have to, I only have a certain amount of time. I only have a couple days. I'm making more work than I've ever made in my life.
0: Really? Like, I'm making more
1: jewelry now than I've ever made. Interesting. With a smaller amount of time. Being busier. I think it's, yeah, being busier. I feel like it's, I had too much, too much freedom, maybe, or too much just like in my head where I could be like, oh, I can make this at a certain time. But like with the business and with my daughter, I feel like. I have to compartmentalize and then I just have to, I have to sink down into my creative zone a lot faster. And it's just because I have to.
0: Yeah, that's good because I didn't even uh, productivity yeah. is a byproduct of efficiency.
1: I was my own worst enemy.
0: Yeah. I was in yeah. my way half You're the time. You're in your own way. Yeah. Wow. Isn't, and, and your daughter, you have heard a thank for that. I know. That's crazy. I know. I love that though.
1: I know. It's so crazy to me. And I, I'm telling you.
0: Are you excited to have those uh, distant, like, to be able to give her the experience? Okay, let me ask you this, and this will be the last question I ask you. (laughs) We're working on close to two hours. That's probably be (laughs) the longest episode we've ever had. Whoa. Yeah, this has been great, though. I was worried. I was
1: like, what are we going to talk about today?
0: Girl. the last thing you need to be asking yourself oh yeah
1: but, but next time we do it with the phone calls yes, it's gonna exactly. get real wild yeah
0: it's gonna get crazy we're gonna do live we're gonna do another episode oh, we're God. gonna take in questions so if you are listening to this and you have questions stay tuned because we're going to have another episode not sure when but we're gonna do it but what pieces of your childhood are you intentionally trying to create for your daughter is that a conscious thought?
1: Oh, it runs through my head daily. I think about it all the time. Like, and you don't even think about your, at least I didn't. I don't think of my childhood in those certain terms when I'm sure. describing that to you. Like, I just, I don't think about those until now. Yeah. Until now that she's here mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, there's just so many important things that I, I saw my mom do or my dad do. And I just like, I want. not The amount of things I want to do with her is limitless. I just want her to be just a little feral kid like I was. (laughs) Who's just like playing in the dirt. Who's just, yeah, has a little freedom that I feel like is not quite there most of the time for kids these days. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's just wild to relive, like being able to relive your childhood in a way that you get to just like melt because it's the cutest thing
0: yeah that's amazing yeah that's exciting well that makes me excited we don't have any kids yet oh my gosh you guys are gonna
1: like freak i mean it's exhausting and insane but it's the coolest thing you could possibly do
0: yeah and that's you know that's the common theme is just how fulfilling it is and it's so exciting to consider something more fulfilling than the life we have right now. And I know it will be. And that's just, I guess, uh, an ode to, you know, just the people in our life right now, the community, you know, people that I get to talk to like yourself and that can, it's so, it's so fun. I mean, I draw off your inspiration. I draw off your motivation, your ambition, your energy. And like, that's why this podcast is so valuable to me is because there's a moment that I can feel every podcast. All but maybe one or two so far. <laughs> <laughs> we won't name names to save some face. But where I, at one point in time in the podcast, I'm like, that's it. That's where I connect with this person. Or, ooh, I feel that. I can, I can feel that at a deeper level than just the conversation. There's something there that I can relate to or that empowers me and, um, or that I just deeply respect. And it's so cool to be able to see the artistry. I can take a piece of jewelry that you've created but now I can crack it open and see the DNA that came before that piece. My
1: heritage. It's my, yeah, yeah, it's, I feel like it's, I don't know, it's primal or whatever it is. I feel like it's just, um, and and again, like, yeah, it's within my, the things that I choose to use as a medium are just, I don't know, primal.
0: Yeah, no, 100%. (laughs) I, I can see the connection across all the things that you do. My thing is this, people, I think, from your from my unwarranted opinion, I, you need to talk about your story more. I think you should be out in the camera more. I think you ah. should be expressing more because this here's the deal: like all this conversation gives a deeper respect and appreciation yeah. for your art, and I just think that's so cool. So hopefully, and I know that I, I know a handful specifically, and I'm sure there's more of the fans, your fans, listen to the podcast. And I'm really hoping that this conversation will even further give them a respect and appreciation, a depth of emotional experience towards your pieces because of the story. So Aww. you're killing it, <laughs> stupid proud of you. You're you're too cool. No. And is there anything else that you would like to say on the way out, and um, also plug your socials as well?
1: Okay, so um, we'll go back to the arts festival. So that's going to be yeah. happening like from ten until nine. So there is what's the date? Um, July 29th. Okay. So the last Saturday in July, there's going to be food trucks. There are bands going to be playing from noon until nine. Amazing. We at Dora. We have a million other things happening. So it's going to be like a stock full of things. Yeah.
0: And for those who don't know, Dora is the limit where you can take a Dora cup and have Drink alcohol. Drink on the run. Get your sip on. <laughs> enjoy the outdoor festival within the parameters of the city's limit. Correct.
1: Correct. But, yeah. So like, again, that's going to be the next thing that's happening. Um, our store is silver and vine so you can find us on all the things silver and vine same with our um, our website yeah. silverandvine.com and then dk design so drew klein and design studio can find me on all the things there and then
0: yeah that's it that's, it. that's good <laughs> and we'll plug him in the bio of the spotify description as well although it will be on apple Podcasts and anchor anything else that you want to share before anything that's on your heart or your mind we covered a lot
1: oh, we covered a lot <laughs> i know I don't think
0: so. That's all right. We'll do this again, so we'll have another hour All right, there all is, right. Another two hours. Of, yeah. <laughs> I honestly I appreciate you taking I know I you're just busy. I
1: hope Terry the Pigeon is here though. Oh what, like, like the know. albino pigeon you're talking <laughs> no, about? No, I haven't seen Terry the Drew, albino yet. Drew,
0: Drew, Drew named our albino pigeon outside the uh, outside the window on the windowsill, Terry. What's Terry with Terry an eye. I. I. <laughs> T-E-R-R-I. <laughs> the albino pigeon
1: because you never you never know we you got the eyes so you
0: never You know. never know. <laughs> you never know. So if you want to come see Terry the pigeon stop by Holy Hill Media or White Horse Tattoo Boutique. If you want to see some of Drew's work, um the Drew Klein and Design Studio uh on Instagram or in person in Brian plus the, her shop with her sister um Silver and Vine um on the square outside the square what's the road that it's on so it the audience is knows
1: 125 south beach street
0: 125 south beach street Bryan, ohio if you have any other questions for her dm us we'll get the questions to her and get them answered thank you so much thank You've you been for awesome having yes we killed it let's do it again soon yay